Welcome to Once Upon a Time in Nibor. Hello and welcome everybody to Once Upon a Time in Nubo by the Two Film Dudes. I'm Gustavs. And I'm Ali. And every two weeks, me and Gustavs pick a movie to analyze, rip and tear, and just dissect. And uh, at the end of the podcast, we rate the movie from 1 to 35 in honor of the 35mm film stock. Uh, me and Gustavs are absolute film nerds, cinephiles. We love movies, we love talking about them, and we're glad to have you here listening to us uh, rant about movies for about uh, 45 minutes. So, today's movie is... Gustavs, why don't you tell them? It's the 2000 uh, Guy Ritchie British gangster comedy crime movie Snatch. Um, one of my personal favorites, I want to say right off the top, it's, it's, an, it's like on my top 10 list of favorite movies that obviously doesn't mean like best movies all time but like my personal favorite snatch is up there guy Ritchie is actually also up there he's just right off the top i want to say he's one of my favorite directors of all time with his unique british gangstery style i just i just love the guy so much um so when did you first see this movie ali two days ago when i had to watch it for the podcast oh wow this movie is you can tell they had so much fun making this movie. It is so much fun. Like, we were talking just before this. Like, this is literally a movie that is Edgar Wright, but Pulp Fiction. No, that's that was Ali said this, and I thought that was the best comparison I've heard. Like, it's like Edgar Wright, but more raw in a good way. It's like, it's more, it's more street. It's more ghetto. It's it's like it's like it's like you took Edgar Wright and you put him like instead of like a good British family, you put him on like the British streets and just dropped him off with like a bunch of Jewish people around him. <laughs> it's 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 and that's that's essentially Guy Ritchie. The guy so funny. I mean I first saw this movie a few years like not a few, I mean quite a few years ago and then I have watched it at, at least like 5 times over the last 6 5 years. I just love it so much. I rewatch both Snatch and Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels um, just often because they're such fun movies. And yeah, as I said, Guy Ritchie is just a personal favorite for me. The guy the guy has one of the most unique styles and that's why he's, I think, is a good, com- good comparison to Edgar Wright. The way he, you know, all those quick cuts and just the way he, the way he approaches his filmmaking, you know, he has, he has a very unique personal style and i just love it and i mean the the guy's a legend the guy's the guy's an absolute legend he he was married to madonna imagine that like this this little scrouchy british director movie director was married to goddamn madonna i mean that's crazy he even no wonder i heard madonna in there (laughs) he even he even made a horrible movie with her starring like but no one knows about the movie i haven't seen it i just know it's like a three out of ten um but I mean, yeah, the guy's a legend. And now he and now I'm so happy for him because like he has evolved into this big shot movie maker now. I mean, he went from these um kind of small budget, I mean, movies to these big blockbusters like Sherlock Holmes, Man from Uncle, King Arthur, and Aladdin. And uh, I'm just so happy the guy has had a successful career and I'm happy we like see it unfolding in front of our eyes. 
it is this movie is so fun like if like you can tell from the editing that like it's it's fun it's fast paced and the humor is like the, every joke in this movie lands perfectly and some of them aren't even jokes it's just the characters themselves that make you want to laugh out your heart it's like this one scene where I laughed pretty hard is where, like, um, in the bank robbery heist, when the door is closed, they just keep kicking it and kicking it. And then he's like, it's a security door. It's not going to work. <laughs> I don't know why. And they then, just, of course, they shoot and then, it. of course, Tyrone. And then they shoot it. And then, of course, Tyrone comes in and just opens it, like, from the other side. What's all the fuss? The movie, yeah, the movie, I mean, as, as you said, it's super fast-paced. But it never feels, it feels, it's always like, get, it just has you on your toes. It's, and on the edge of your seat. I mean, it's, it's just paced incredibly quickly, but you always seem to get a hold of everything that's happening. You never miss a moment. And then it slows down at a few points. Usually, I feel like it slows down whenever Bricktop is there. You know, he always delivers these slow, but really heavy punchlines just like basically being the most powerful character in the world it feels like oh yeah and i mean when we're talk if we're talking about characters just right off the bat i love the way guy Ritchie approaches the whole character thing in the start of the movie when he introduces him them in this sort of comic book style it's um yeah it's so awesome you, all, you already like right off the bat you get a sense of all the characters and their personal styles and I mean, you understand which one of them is powerful and which one of them is like lousy. And um, it's just this really fun approach to movie making. And uh, obviously he didn't want to make like this isn't, you know, it's that's what I love about. That's what I love about cinema. There's just such polarity in there. You know, there's movies like The Godfather and Amour and all these like slow, beautiful movies that are just made to perfection and just like auteur independent cinema and then there's and then there's movies like these that just like go crazy and both of them are equally good in their own, you know, beautiful ways. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that opening sequence, I have to agree with you. So spectacular. You get a sense for every character. You understand like, all right, he's this, he's that, they have this, they have that. And then you like and then like before the opening scene, you get this really long dragged out conversation between these three supposedly Jewish guys like three or four i forget and then all of a sudden out of nowhere they're talking about like the bible and mary and joseph and whatever and then all of a sudden they just start robbing a place for diamonds and the editing in that is just crazy and editing throughout the whole movie is perfect because like you said the pacing is it's fast it's quick but you're never you know lost at all it's no yeah i mean the editing is uh uh, it, it, it reminds you of, yeah, it reminds you of Edgar Wright and all these just very fast-paced movies. And it just, it fits the style of the movie because it's chaotic. It's it's just all over the place. And uh, it's just, but they managed to, they managed to sort of pace it perfectly. As I said before, they, they never manage, they never like lose you or just, yeah, they always have a grip on you as a movie watcher. And they just always know where to keep your attention and wow, I mean, there's so many things that do keep your attention. If it's not the editing, if it's not the characters, if it's not the dialogue, um, I mean, then it just must be Brad Pitt himself. I don't know. <laughs> or, or, the, or the soundtrack. I mean, I got to give props to the soundtrack because it was just... 
it's like, all right, you expect this gangster movie about diamonds and killing and uh, wacky characters, and then you just get Madonna. I mean, yeah. Out of nowhere for some reason. The soundtrack is really good. It's also pretty rough, like, and raw, as I, like, as I compared Guy Ritchie. Yeah, it's pretty raw. It's like this sort of... There is Madonna, and then there's also um, just a bunch of, like, electronic and rock, and it's, it's, it's a wild soundtrack for a wild movie, and it fits perfectly. I just remember, like, I just love the sequence. When, if we're talking about the soundtrack, I love the sequence where uh, there's the coursing going on, you know, the dogs chasing the hare, <laughs> yeah, 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 and then yeah, yeah. meanwhile, Tyrone is being chased by, by, by these two, uh, by, these, by the two, like, uh, Bricktop guys. And uh, the mu- the music there is just raw and rough. This electronic synth synthesizer. It's 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 it is a good soundtrack. I agree with you. But that's just one of the you know awesome elements in this movie. And I mean, you you mentioned Pulp Fiction before. I actually never like like the dialogue in this movie. I hadn't actually thought about it that much. But it, I mean, it, this is also a really good example of seemingly useless dialogue about nothing, but just being. It's very fitting, you know. The first thing that comes to my mind is them talking about the cows and the milk uh, when they're driving oh, yeah. car Tommy and um, uh, and what's his name, um, Turkish, right? Talking about milk and you know domestic domesticated cows or whatever. It's and then the human body can't digest this, and then he's like, and then Turkish is just like, what have you been reading? And then just he just throws it at the car. Yeah, and and then we have the whole crazy sequence how they all meet in the by the by Boris's house, and it's just wow. It's it's just such a good story. It's it's written to perfection, and I mean, directing. I feel like I feel like Guy Ritchie. I feel like Guy Ritchie's actually stronger side is writing. I mean. Uh, he's and he's an awesome director. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, I'm gonna maybe talk about him more in the end when I'm rating the movie. I mean, but he's his strong suit is definitely his writing. I mean, the way he makes characters and the way he, the way he makes their dialogue and um, punchlines. Like I love the I love the Turkish's uh, before Z Germans get here. <laughs> Z Germans. It, it, when you when he first says it, it makes no sense, and it never does make any sense. And but it's so perfect. It just fits like it's, it's it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, and then we just have. Uh... And then we just have like, you know, the the conversations between characters is just the reason it reminded me of Pulp Fiction is just because like, like there's this huge, crazy scenario. uh, Like you have to go kill some people. You have to go rob this. You have to go talk to a guy who feeds people to pigs. And then on the way, just like some milk. Let's talk about why that isn't good for you. And then you have, like, uh, the other scene, like, uh, you know, they're talking about going to buy a caravan, right? Or yet, yeah, or they're talking about fixing a fight, right? And then, like, Charlie, when are the sausages finished? <laughs> I don't know. I just It just seems so grounded. And, like, you, 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 this is something you'd, like, normally expect in, like, casual conversation, not talks about illegal fighting fixing. I love it. It's so casual. And I love that guy, Richie, you know, he's, he's a Brit. He's a true Brit himself. And... If this movie is like embracing just the whole British thing so nice. It's like it's so good. I mean, Brad Pitt is an American actor and he's there. And of course, there's a bunch of these non-British actors, but the British actors that are there, they just go, you know, to full British extremes. I mean, Jason Statham is like he's an action movie guy and he stars in all these action movies where he doesn't talk at all. 
like basically he just is action but in this movie i love that he has such fruitful dialogue and all these good jokes and he's like one of the seemingly normal characters but he also just has such a good personality that you know he never loses your attention and i mean yeah he's uh, he's one of the more grounded and down to earth characters and yeah as i said but he still has a good personality and he still goes through emotion and um he and he never loses the grip on neither the viewer or him himself. He always seems to like know what's going on, and I just love how he's bossing Tommy around all the time. And Tommy's just this child that you know, just in the middle of it all. Yeah, he's like that sneaky fucking Russian, <laughs> and then he just goes, and then he's like, I hate pikeys. And then he's just getting, like, mulled over, like, when George gets knocked out by Brad Pitt. We'll get back to Brad Pitt. Don't worry, I know you want to talk about Brad Pitt. Like, when, when like, uh, gorgeous George gets knocked out by Brad Pitt, and uh, and then Tommy's just like, oh, crap, 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 crap. And then you can just see his face, just pure fear. And then when he tries speaking to Bricktop, and Bricktop calls him, like, sweetheart, and uh, what some other, like, really weird names... And then Tommy just kind of takes it, just like, all right, okay. No, yeah, I mean, it's uh, all the characters in the movie are great. I mean, Bricktop, as he, uh, we can we can go to Bricktop. I mean, as he him describes describes himself, he's a nemesis, and I just I just love that. He's so brutal. He he, he dies in the end, but it feels like it feels like he. I mean, you just you would never guess that he was gonna actually die. You feel, he feels so powerful. It feels like there's nothing you can like physically do to him and the whole the whole pig like with a whole monologue where he explains how to get rid of a body by feeding it to pigs i mean that has gone down in history i just love <laughs> i just love bringing that up into conversations with especially with people who haven't seen snatch it's like whenever because you know i often have conversations about getting rid of a body with my friends so um so I, I I love bringing that scene up to people. I show I I've shown it to people who yeah haven't seen the full movie just just so they can get a sense of it and it's 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 an awesome. It's just like it's again if we're comparing it to Pulp Fiction, it feels like Ezekiel twenty five seventeen. It's just this monologue by a really strong character that just like it has so much emotion and meaning to it. It's um yeah. It's it's one of I feel like it's one of those monologues up there in movie history. It is. It's just like all right. So you need. So he's like doing like quick math in his head. You need about sixteen pigs for a full job, right? Each pig can consume two pounds of flesh per minute. I'm like, all right, what? Excuse me. <laughs> and then I'm just like, all right, he 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 must have tested. He must have like had someone write this down to like and take times and this and you just. And to go back to the editing about it, like, like with the scenes typically tend to slow down whenever Bricktop is talking. And I just, I feel like that's just because of how much power he has, you know? He just, like, you're so focused on him because he controls the scene whenever he's in it. So, like, you're not, like, typically, like, it's fast-paced, like, goofy, funny, quick action, and that keeps you entertained with the fun, right? But when it's Bricktop, what keeps you reeled in is the sheer dominance over the scene he has. That's why the editing's kind of slowed down, I think, so we can, like, awe in his, like, control over the scene. It's just great. Great characters all around. And it's just every single character, side, main, uh, one-time character, they have just so, they're just so, like, colorful, you know? Each one's given, you know, defining attributes and 
they're all given like uh, exploration and you understand their motivations and it's awesome awesome character development throughout the whole thing i love it i mean if we're skip skipping over brad pitt's mickey obviously um my favorite actually two characters are uh frankie four fingers because i love benicio del toro um i loved him in the usual suspects i feel like I, I, he's such a great guy. He's so funny. He's I, I love the way he talks. He just has this super weird, like it feels like a it feels like an accent. I don't know what it is. It's so I I just I, I got you. Listen. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. I could listen to him talk for ages, and I just love his whole style. I love that he's like trying on like five different outfits in the short telephone conversation he's having with uh, my <laughs> other favorite character actually, Avi 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 Avi. Abby. It feels like it feels like when you say it, you say it with a British accent. It feels like you can't Abby. say it. Avi, it's it's. It, but I I also love that guy. I love I love that he's so done with the whole situation from the very start, and I love that he has the whole Edgar Wright sequence of him like uh, really quickly going to the UK. You know him. It's like this really short like montage montage thing. Yeah, that really reminds of Edgar Wright. But um, well, well, yeah. I mean. It's just, I love Abby. He's also this, I mean, I love that it's just an American brought into the whole situation. I mean, it's actually a really multicultural. I mean, we have even Boris the Blade, who's a Russian, speaking pretty lousy Russian, but I mean, I get I get that he's like not Russian. <laughs> All right, calm down, Gustav. <laughs> no, but I mean, even in the movie, they say that he's like Uzbekistanian or something, so oh, it's yeah. fine. It's just, I, for me, it sounds funny that it's lousy Russian. It's like, I even laugh, I just laugh at the fact that he's speaking Russian, yeah. so. Uh, just uh, just quick side note about Boris. Anytime he's in the scene, you get this, like, cute little, like, Russian, like, guitar playing. Like, that funny little guitar Russian playing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, of course I do, yeah. I just, I just, I don't know why, but that just makes me laugh. With the way he acts and talks, just, like, heavy is good. Heavy is reliable. And then you just get that, like, nice Russian tune. And then, like, when he walks out the house carrying just, like, a giant assault rifle, you just get that theme playing. And you're like, all right, okay, seems normal. Russian Russian things. No, I mean, the whole movie is one big... I mean, the movie is a really good comedy. I mean, and what I love is that it doesn't lose... It's like it, feels like... it feels like they don't write, you know, the story, like, just over the jokes. It's just the jokes just naturally arise from the story. If it, oh, yeah, yeah, it feels 100%. like Yeah, it feels like the jokes aren't even specifically written. They just sort of come out very naturally, and that's what makes them really funny. It's it it just it feels it feels really natural. It feels not like pressured on you, and um, I mean it it is such a funny movie, and it's these little things like you just said with the the Boris uh, the Russian music always like showing up and it's like ah the Russian man is here. It's these things. It's these things that make the movie just perfect. Yeah, what what I what the be the best part I think I love about cousin Avi in the whole thing is just the like I find the fun the funniest thing the funniest scene for me was when he when he first traveled to London after he found out Frankie Four Fingers had gone gambling with the case. He's like he he's just like I'm but you got a toothbrush. We're coming to London, and then it's just like a quick like montage of just him. Going through Border Patrol, going there, and then just coming to the UK, and then he just pops in front of the, uh... ah, what's his name? Uh, Doug, Doug the Head. He comes in front of Doug the Head, and then and then Mickey's like, "Sit down, you bald, you fat bald fuck." I don't know why. I just found that scene really just like quick, funny, and just all right. That was quick and 
hilarious. I mean, yeah, he brings he, he brings a, a completely different like this American energy to the screen and uh, and uh, oh, can we also talk about like why it's just the whole Jewish presence in the movie? I don't know why. I don't know if Guy Ritchie. <laughs> that's the thing. I don't know if he's like if he's Jewish himself. Probably not. I don't think he is. I really doubt that he is. And if, like, it doesn't feel like he's making fun of Jewish people. But I just, I love the, I love the whole energy that the Jewish thing brings to the movie. It's like it's just always there, and that everyone's making like the fun of the little tea cozies on their heads. And but it's like it's such a nice thing. I mean, Jewish people are Jewish people are nice people, and. Uh, they like they they have this really nice vibe to them. I love I I love their whole like beards and hats. I I think I think they look pretty like cool, in not the most orthodox way, but they look they look really cool, and uh, I find it funny. Yeah. I, yeah, I know. It's just just like all right. If you want to like, it's such like they say in the bay. If you want anything to do with diamonds, you like go to a Jew. And I'm like, yeah, I knew that. But why? You know, they don't, no one explains it. It just is how it is, right? That's why, that's why Doug the Head, like, pretends to be Jewish. He tells everyone he's Jewish. And he's like, and then Turkish is like, he's about as Jewish as I am Turkish. And I was just like, nice. No, yeah, I mean, all of these characters, such colorful. And, I mean, Vinnie Jones playing the bullet tooth Tony. I mean, I feel like Vinnie Jones plays the same character in every movie but he does he really does but it works every time every time he's just this hit man and but i love it i still love it every time he's just like i can eat a bullet and then and then it's just like in another movie i can eat a bullet the other movies i can also eat a bullet no, and I, I but i love him every time i mean he's He's not the best actor out there, but he's he stays true to himself. He never tries to be anybody he's not, and uh, which is funny because he's an actor. So I guess I don't know if it's a good thing, but <laughs> it, I find it I find it a good thing. I find him really fun, and he he always just has fun with it. I I I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I mean, in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, because I I watched that like recently as well. He he does play the same character. <laughs> yeah, he literally does. The only difference is there he has a kid. Exactly. Yeah, that looks like him. But that's the only difference. I mean, overall, he literally plays like the same hitman guy that just has just good with guns and is really tough. Yeah, that that. I mean, it works. So no, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's fine with me. All right, Gustavs. I know you've been waiting. Let's talk about Brad Pitt. I mean, as I've said before, this is my favorite Brad Pitt performance of all time. And this is my one of my like my top three performance of like my top three characters of all time in movies overall. I, I just can't explain what it is. I, it's probably the language. It's the way he acts. It's the way he like he just like is is about things. I love the character so much. He's not even like he's not the main character at all, but I just love the whole vibe he brings. I find it so funny the whole Pikey thing. I just love it how they're. Yeah, I love the way they speak. I love the way they do things. I love my one of my favorite things for no reason is just when Turkish and Tommy are in the caravan talking with um Mickey and there's Mickey has all of these his uh, Pikey friends around him. And when like when some, Turkish doesn't understand something, he says all the Pikes just say the thing again and like and uh, all together, and it's so funny. And I love how they discuss wh all together whether Mickey should uh, you know uh, fight. It's not like his own decision. It's like he has to talk about it with all of them. 
I don't know. It's just, I just, I just love it so much. And, you know, Guy Ritchie actually, Brad Pitt really wanted, really wanted to have a role in a Guy Ritchie movie. And he called Guy Ritchie and asked if he could have a role in his upcoming movie. And Ritchie said, yes. And then he was like, shit. And then he, he hadn't written anything. He, he didn't have a role to offer. He just said yes. And then he wrote the whole Mickey part for Brad Pitt. It's and I'm I'm I couldn't be happier that it, it's literally one of my favorite performances of all time. And it is one of the main reasons I love Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah. Brad Pitt's an amazing actor. And I feel like what makes this character work so well is just the just the sheer chaos that he emits anytime he gets on scene. <laughs> no, that's very it's very true. Like it is chaos. It is, it's, it's, it is pure chaos. It's like he, he is he going to ramble on about something? Is he going to kill somebody? You never know. I mean, not even like kill, because that sounds wrong. It's just knock out. Like, it's just like, because he does it so well, apparently. His his vibe, I love it so much. And I, I just love the way they speak. I love the fact that you can't understand anything they're saying. It's like, periwinkle blue. It's like, like, what are you saying? You like dag? You like dags? You like dags? I, 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 I told Gustav this. When I was re-watching the movie, I actually stopped about... He- like, I just stopped the movie. I went online. I downloaded subtitles and I put them in. Because I could not understand. I was not following along at all. And the, f- and the funny thing with subtitles is even half half of the time that when Pikeys are speaking, they don't even follow them either. Exactly. That's the funny part <laughs> about it. There's them. just nothing. There's just nothing. It's just For the- me, it was just, it was just Pikeys talking. It's just... Sim, it's like Sims language. It's just you don't understand anything. <laughs> Sims it's, language. It's I love, but I love them so much, and I. It's yeah, I I can't put it into words. It's it's just it's such good energy. It's so funny. Like every time they're on screen, it's funny. Yet it's like not. It's comedic, but it also fits the story and it follows along perfectly. And. Um, I don't know. I've just never seen too like too many British movies touch on the topic of like Pikeys. I don't know if it's like a prop like a problem for them or something. I don't know if it's actually like the, there's too many of them living in the UK. But this is one of the like only movies that I've seen like uh, Pikeys, and then it's it's so funny. I I love it so much. It's yeah. I just can't uh, stress this enough how much I love this Brad Pitt performance. Like. I love Brad Pitt in many movies. I mean, Fight Club. I mean, which is funny because he's fighting there as well, like sort of without a shirt on. So Brad Pitt, you need to like, <laughs> you need to come on. Yeah, you need to become a full time boxer. Are you trying to boxer. say Brad Pitt should take off his shirt more? No, I got to say that Brad Pitt <laughs> needs to become a full time boxer. Um, oh, okay. I mean, it's a bit too late now, I guess. And yeah, and I mean, like the Ocean Trilogy and Brad Pitt's just so cool. He's such, he's, he feels like, it feels like he's, he, he should be one of these, like, you know, he's one of those actors that just all like, you know, girls want to throw themselves on him. And it's like, I want to throw myself on him. What do you mean girls? Because he's a good looking guy, right? But he's also such a good actor and he's a really good method actor. And he always, he like here, he has such a good accent. Like you could never, you could never tell that he's American or not at all. Yeah. He, he nails it absolutely perfectly. Oh yeah, this performance is amazing. And another thing I want to touch up on is just the 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 story. It's it was another reason it reminded me of pulp fiction because you have these two completely different things 
like you have a diamond heist and then you have a boxing and then you see slowly as slowly as the two like are happening at the same time how they just coincide with one another and then it just you end up with this resolution that like it would be it would have been the same had everything not screwed up you know cousin abby still got the diamond no yeah literally i mean it also it like there's it feels i mean there are two main stories but it feels like there's like five stories at one point happening it's like it's like the two the black the the black guys from the pawn shop when they meet Boris when they meet uh you know um what uh what's his name um Bullet Tooth Tony it's just when they all meet in the in the and like Boris is carrying the huge machine gun and then there's Avi in the middle just holding the diamond and then the black guys holding replicas it's it's complete chaos and meanwhile Bullet Tooth Tony is just drinking a pint of Guinness in in the pub it's it's such chaos. Yeah, and then simultaneously, to- Tommy and Turkish are being threatened by you know getting feeded, getting fed to the pigs, literally, <laughs> uh, by a brick top if they don't fix a fight. Exactly. I mean, it's pure chaos, but you never lose it. And uh, the story is yeah, the story is really well crafted, and it has a re- it has really good, unique, and creative structure. And it's just yeah, it's always interesting. It feels like it feels like a bunch of short stories. Just yeah mashed together but if it, it worked out perfectly and it i guess and it, 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 it's like what i mean to, when i want to when i want to what i'm trying to say is that it's a bunch of short stories but it doesn't feel that way and that's what makes it so good that you know if it, it does feel like a feature movie because it is and uh, yeah they just get the best out of it but i also love the fact that it's not this big budget movie but it does feel really down to earth and really like has a street vibe to it and it's like this kind of bad quality at some time at some times you know it's grainy i know it's raw and the editing and um yeah it's it's so creative in so many ways like for example the opening scene when they're talking about you know uh the virgin mary uh well how it goes through the security cameras and how in general security cameras play a pretty like big part in the movie there's so many so many shots that have like the security cameras in them because also in the pawn shop later and other times it's just so creative it's like instead of another camera you just have one shot that has a person and behind them a security camera oh yes it was really uh, creative with the opening i thought like you know using the security cameras like filming the footage of the security cameras to illustrate like the characters motions in the beginning scene i thought that was really creative and fun you know Cause it's just like, all right, where's this gonna take us? Where are they going into? You know, like where are they going? If they can be seen from security cameras, I'm wondering. You know, and at the same time, you're just following along with their conversation about like Judaism and the Virgin Mary isn't real apparently or something. I don't know. I couldn't understand half of it, but I don't know. I just found it really cool and fun. And I got a question for you. Which, which storyline would you say you preferred? The heist, the diamond heist, or the boxing one? Like, I know there's, like, a couple more. Like, I know there are, like, they're, like, a couple more in them, like, in between them. But, like, out of the two that are there, which one would you say may, was more fun? Uh, even though I like I love the whole pikey thing, I'm a huge fan of heist movies and heists in general. Not that much on, like, boxing and all that. Like, I, I love the whole heist thing. I love how the diamond's just being, like, sort of, in a way, thrown around so many hands and like how everybody gets a hold of it at some point 
Uh, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I just love it because of the diamonds, uh, the whole diamond heist thing. That's, that's what I'm in there for. Cause yeah, I'm a huge sucker for heist movies like Ocean, Ocean's Eleven. I, I'll have all of that shit. Like, okay, yeah, you're the same boat than I am. I found it really fun and just a cool spin on a diamond heist. You know, diamond heist. All right, I'm gonna take it to London, then I'm gonna go to New York, right? That, that was meant to be the plan. Instead, he gets kidnapped. Uh, uh, Russians try to steal it from him. Uh, uh, Bricktop tries taking it from him. Uh, the black guys from the pawn shop try taking it from him. And then in the end, these two random boxing promoters get it. That's the, that, that's the thing, yeah. It's like, it's a real, it's because it's never really about stealing it from like the bank or something or the diamond shop. Like that happens in the first like two minutes of the movie. What, what it's actually about is like just getting a hold of it because everybody wants a hold of it. And now all of these people are being dragged into it and they, you know, l learn about the diamond. And uh, yeah, everybody wants it, obviously. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's just everybody, everybody, everybody's also like, I love how the black guys are all like ready to sacrifice it to Bricktop. And they just also pull Bricktop into the whole thing. Although, you know, although, yeah, Avi is actually the one who gets a hold of it in the end. And um, I love, I love this, yeah, this spinoff of a heist movie and this twist on a heist, it being not that much of a heist, but just a much of like a, you know, competition as to who's gonna get it in the end. Oh yeah, it. I I I have to say my personal favorite part of the heist of the like the the sub uh, my favorite sub story then I would say is the is Vinny and Saul the black guys in the pawn shop. They were that was just hilarious beyond belief. I was laughing all the time whenever they were talking. It's just like out of nowhere, he brings a dog into the air. All right, what the hell? Tyrone can't get out of the car. Uh, he's like our. This is our getaway driver. Are you kidding me? And then it's just like, you know, at the security door when they're robbing the bank. When they were robbing the bank, that was a shit show and a half. No, yeah, literally. It was it was like everything that could go wrong went wrong from them. And I mean, they were set up, but it wasn't really their fault. But yeah, they were complete failures uh, up there. It's, and it's uh, the whole Tyrone character also just always made me laugh about everything. The way he speaks, it's like, of course I am. It's like he's like he's like this little kid, but also not like this huge guy, this huge really angry serious guy. But it's it's it, yeah, I also love those guys. Not as much as the Pikes, but you know. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. I, <laughs> of course. Yeah, but like, all right, you have to tell me. I might be going crazy on this. Is it just me, or does he look like Biggie? I know that's what I thought. <laughs> he does look like Biggie a lot. I mean, then again. But yeah, no, he he does look a lot like Biggie. That's what I thought. That's what I think of, I think, every time when I watch the movie. I feel like, oh, here's Biggie again. That's a British Biggie. It's Imagine. British, it's a British Biggie, but like, that's, he's like 12. That's what we missed out on. Yeah, that's what we missed out on. No, we missed out on. <laughs> that is what we missed out on. Uh, Imagine British rap. Like, it's like this guy, just Tyrone, big Tyrone on the mic. <laughs> just like what's all this then <laughs> just really yeah, confused because he, he doesn't have the super deep voice like biggie does and he has like this higher voice and i feel like that, that's what makes it even funnier yeah i know he just had this really large like like large man who just looks so threatening and he's like right what's all this then and he's got like the iq of a peanut and he's just like he can't do anything <laughs> 
No, it, it's perfect. When, it's literally perfect. When Tyrone tries getting out of the car in that scene, <laughs> and then and then so, and then Vinny goes, "This is our getaway driver. He can't even get out the door." <laughs> yeah. No, that's it's it's perfect. I just love I just love the whole uh, when they crash into the you know the van where Frankie Four Fingers is at, uh, like in the back of the van where he actually is. I just love what, that's the point where I understood that the movie is stitched together so perfectly, like every sequence like when you were you're switching from a story to another story it it like it just stitches together perfectly because you know it it feels really random at like first and then you understand how everything's actually happening like around the same thing essentially when the black guys like um you know they crash into the back of the van where Frankie Fourfinger's like changing outfits or something <laughs> Which which was also pretty comedic to me. Yeah, it's um, just like Ty- Tyrone's like I could not see it at that angle. It's right behind you, man. <laughs> yeah, and it's and then again and then when they actually get out of the bookies, and you know Tyrone is just dragging the guy into the car, and both of like Vinny and Saul are like, "Who is this?" And he's like, "A guy with four fingers and a briefcase." And then they just you know, yeah, it's just like, like oh, all right, okay. Right. Sorry, Tyrone. And that's when he actually does something right. You know, the one it's thing, the one, the one, the one, like very essential thing to the story that he actually does right for the guys. Oh yeah. This movie was so great, and oh, the, oh my god, this one scene just came to my head when when they're all in the hallway and Bullet Tooth Tony shoots like three magazines into Boris, and he just refuses to die. <laughs> I mean, the whole movie has this very over-the-top, you know, comedic style, and it just always works. Because, you know, it is explained. Technically, it is logical, because it is explained in the story that, you know, he can survive anything. So it doesn't feel that over-the-top there. I mean, when you look at it from, like, a logical perspective, it's like, come on, that's a desert eagle. You know, no person should be able to survive, like, more than two bullets. And he's just taking, like, two magazines there, because he's Boris, you know, the bullet dodger. Exactly. The Ra, Ra, Rasputin. Yeah, that's what that's like. These characters have such colorful personalities, and they're just not human-like. They're they're all of them have their own little special like perk or whatever the thing, and it's it, this is that's what makes this movie so rewatchable because it's so colorful, and um, you always see something new. You always laugh at the jokes because they're they're always just so good, and. Um, yeah. What I love about the jokes is that like they're not jokes. No, they're not presented as jokes. They're just the characters. <laughs> the characters and their dialogue just pure jokes. Cuz you know, I mean, different comedians and different, you know, movie makers have different approaches to jokes. I mean, I know that Seth Rogen what he does is he does it the other way around. He writes jokes and then writes a movie around the jokes. And that works out for him perfectly. I mean, Seth Rogen's a legend. But then there's movies like this, you know, Edgar Wright and Guy Ritchie, who have these more visual story type of jokes. And um, also in their very creative ways where they delivered the jokes either through like uh, sometimes camera movement or sometimes directing or editing. And then another times, you know, they just like deliver them through the characters or through the story itself, although very rarely in the form of an actual joke. Yeah, I have to agree. It, yeah. And I think... I think we've talked about it all, man. Uh, anything else you want to add? I mean, I think it's. I think I just want to add what I think about the movie in terms of thirty-five numbers. I mean, I'm gonna give it. This is a bit biased. I'm gonna give it, you know, a thirty-three. I think if I was like a movie critic, I would give it like a thirty-one, 
or something, 31 and a half. But my biased self is giving it a 33. As I said before, it's a personal favorite for me. So you have to understand where I'm coming from. But if I'm like looking at it objectively, as I said before, Guy Ritchie is a better writer than he's a director. In, in his first movies, I feel like in, you know, Man From U.N.C.L.E. and all these later movies, he's, he's a better director and he's become better. But here he has a perfect dialogue and like amazing storytelling. It's just, you know, directing sometimes likes and sometimes the editing does do like does go a bit too over the top, maybe. Agreed. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah like because I get it. It's, it's a style and you have to embrace your style. And I salute that, you know, sometimes it just gets too over the top and um, that's where the movie is lacking. But, you know, as we have talked about for 40 minutes already, what this movie is so great about. These are just a few things that I found find lacking in the movie. Otherwise. You know, there's a reason it's one of my favorite movies. It's 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 a classic in its own way. It's um, I mean, it's not a regular gangster movie. It's a British gangster movie, which makes it something completely different. And um, I just love Guy Ritchie for making this movie, along with Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. These two movies are I feel like, yeah, like, you know, just such a good cornerstone of gangster movies and just like prove that. You know, you can be really creative with, um, with you know, just your surroundings. Because that, I mean, I feel like Guy Ritchie grew up in this, like, a lot of, and grew up in kind of this sort of, uh, kind of this sort of tone. You know, these, just these really rough guys all around and all that. Yeah, all these damn Jews around us, you know, selling, you know, jewelry and <laughs> killing people and, oh, that's why yeah. the wait me maybe that's why the Jewish people like they sell diamonds they're selling jewelry. Ah, or is that just that was a horrible a dad pun, joke? But good point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just let's just let's just like scoop over it with your uh, your rating. Um, I would say I'd give this movie probably a, a thirty-two as well. I'm a bit more, you know, I I haven't seen this movie before, you know, like you have, so it's not one of my personal favorite. But I really, really, really enjoyed it. It for me, it was it was like Pulp Fiction, but in England and directed by Edgar Wright. That's how I feel like it was for me. I really enjoyed it. The comedy lands perfectly. The scenes are beautifully filmed. Their different styles of filmmaking are used throughout. You know, freeze frames and slow motion and. The soundtrack, wonderful. Everything is amazing, you know. Yeah, I have to agree with you sometimes. The editing is a little bit over much, but like, you know, that's minor. That's like a detail, you know. Like the rest of the movie is perfect. And yeah, Guy Ritchie is a much better writer than he is director, you know, nowadays. And, you know, I just think I have to get this. No, yeah, that, that, that's, yeah, that's the thing, though. When you actually mentioned slow motion, what came to my mind was the with really it's sort of weird that it you sort of don't under, i mean you understand why it's there but it was really weird when it first happened like the scene where uh the, in the boxing match mickey is like sort of knocked out and he's sort of slowly falling in the water that just felt like i mean for a small budget budget movie like this one it was probably like it was really creative actually and it felt really weird but like really cool at the same time and it's these things that prove that Guy Ritchie is really creative with his things. Like, he he can definitely make something out of nothing. And he's done it with this oh, movie. Oh, yeah. He, he had lots of fun with this, I'm assuming. He had lots of fun. Yeah, because it's, it's a six million pound movie. That's not a lot. That's under 10 million. So, for a movie 
for a movie that's not a lot of mo- uh, money. And plus, I mean, he probably spent quite a lot on it, of it on like Brad Pitt. <laughs> You're forgetting Benicio del Toro. <laughs> himself and, <laughs> of course, <laughs> and Jason Ooh. Statham and yeah, uh, yeah. all these guys. So a- A-list, and he, it's, A-list it's, cast. It's a, it is an A-list cast, uh, and um, it's a really creative movie. I've, I know I've said the word so many times already in this episode, but I just like it has to be said that the movie it has a lot of creative uh, like things in it, and it, you can definitely learn a lot as a young filmmaker from this movie. Definitely like grab and steal a lot of ideas from it, because um, I mean they're there oh, to yeah. be stolen. <laughs> All right. And we want to thank all of you for being here with us, you know, uh, and listening to me and Gustav talk about an amazing movie. Uh, I, I understand some people listen to these without ever watching the movie. Please go watch the movie, even though it's been spoiled right now. And if you have seen the movie, go rewatch it. It's amazing. And I hope you guys join us again in two weeks when we talk about the most dude film of all time, The Big Lebowski by the Conan Brothers. It is amazing. We're going to talk about it. We're going to have lots of fun. Now, I hope everyone has a good day. And, you know, make sure you... Make sure you stay safe. Yeah, stay Stay safe. safe. Yeah. See you in two weeks, guys. See you. Peace.